Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Dubliners, James Joyce, the sisters. There was no hope for him this time. It was as the third stroke. Night after night, I passed the house. It was vocation time. I studied light square of the window. Night after night, I found it lighted in the same way, faintly and avely. If he was dead, I thought I would see the fraction of candles, a dark and blind. I knew that two candles meant to be set at the head of a corpse. He had often said to me, I am not long for this world. I thought his words idle. Now I knew they were true. Every night, as I gazed up at the window, I said softly to myself, The world word Paris had always sounded strangely in my ears. The word Golom and the word Sinmerimi, the catechism. And now it sounded to me like the name of some efficient and sinful being. It filled me with fear, and yet I longed to be nearer to it. I looked upon it, I looked upon its deadly work. Old Cotier was sitting at the fire, smoking. I came downstairs to supper. While my aunt was ladling out the cinder bolt, he said, as if he turning to some former remark of his, No, I wouldn't say he was exactly, but there was something queer. There was something uncanny about him. I'll tell you my opinion. Getting a puff at his pipe, no doubt, arranging his opinion, his mind, tie some old fool. When he, we knew him first, he used to be rather interesting, telling the king of faints and worms. I soon grew tired of him. He's end of stories about the distillery. Have my own theory about it, he said. I think it was one of these peculiar cases, but it's hard to say. Getting a puff again, his pipe about giving us his theory. I go so you staring. And said to me, Well, so your old friend is gone. You'll be sorry to hear. Who? said I. Father Flynn, is he dead? Miss Cotty here has just told us he was passing by the house. I knew that was under I was under observation. The canoe meeting, as if the news had not interested me, I uncle explained to Uncle Cotter. The answer and he were great friends, the old, old chap told him a great deal, mind you, and they say he had a great wish for him. God have mercy on his soul, said my aunt pointlessly. Old Cotter looked at me for a while. I felt that these be- little beady black eyes were standing me. I would not satisfy him by looking up on my plate. He turned his pipe and finally spat rudely into his gate in the grate. I wouldn't like that child of mine, he said, to have so much, too much to say to a man like that. How do you mean, Mr. Cotter? of my aunt. What I mean is, said Mr. Cotter, Cotter, it's bad that you have my idea is that a young lad run away out and play with young lads of my own age, not be. Am I right, little Jack? As my principal too, said my uncle. Let him learn to box his corner. That's what I always say, Franz Cunningham, here to take exercise. Why? There's a nipper every morning of my life, a cold bath, winter and summer. That's what stands to me now. It's getting all fine and large, Mr. Cotter. Might take a pick of that low button. 
he added to my aunt. No, 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 not me. For me, said Mr. Olcotter. My aunt brought the dish from the safe, put it on the table. But why do you think it's so not good for your children, Miss Cotter? She asked. You're bad for your children, said Old Cotter, because all their minds are so impressible. When children see things like that, you know it was an old, it has an effect. I ground my mouth with stir about the fear I might give utterance to my anger to have some old red-nosed imbecile. It late when I fell asleep. But I was angry with Old Cotter for eluding me, to me, as a child, I puzzled my head to extract meaning from his unfinished sentences. In the dark eye room, I imagined, I saw again the heavy face of the paralytic. I drew the blankets over my head and tried to think of Christmas, but a grey face still followed me. It murmured, I understood, it desired to confess something. I felt my soul receding into some pleasant and rich, vicious region. There again, I found it one waiting for me. Uh, Waiting for me, he began to confess to me in his murmuring voice. I wondered why it smiled continually, why the lips are so moist with spittle. I then I remembered that he had died of paralysis. I felt I too was smiling feebly, as if to absorb Simonic of its sin. The next morning after breakfast, I went down to look at the little house in the green Britain Street. It's a simming shop, registered under the vague name of Dapery. Drapery consists of many children's booties and umbrellas in ordinary days. I noticed used to hang the windows saying umbrellas recovered. No notice was visible now for the shutters were open. A crepe bonnet was tied to the door knocker with ribbon. Poor, two poor women, telegraph boy, reading the card pinned on the tape. I also approached and read July 1st, 1895. Reverend James Finn, formerly St. S. Catherine's Church, Me Street, aged. Sixty-five years, R.I.P. Reading the card just persuaded me that he was dead. Disturbed to find myself at check. Had he not been dead, I would have gone. Would have gone to lock dark room behind the shop to find him sitting in his armchair by the fire, nearly smothered his great coat. Perhaps my aunt would have given me a packet of high toast for him, and this present would have roused him from his stupefied doze. It's always I who emptied the pack into the black, his black snuff box. His hands trembled too much to allow him to do this, but spilling half the snuff about the floor. Even so, he raised his large trembling hand to his nose. Little clouds of smoke dribbled through his fingers over the front of his coat. It may have been this concept showers of snuff, which gave his ancient priestly garments a green faded look of red handkerchief, blackened as it always was, the snuff stains for a week. Which he tried to brush away, the fallen grains was quite infectious. I wished to go in and look at him, but I had not the courage to knock. I walked away slowly along the side street, reading all the factory advertisements, shop windows I went. Found it strange that neither I nor the day parted in the morning mood. I felt even annoyed at discovering myself a sensation of freedom, so being freed from something of by his death. I wondered at this, for as my uncle said the night before, he taught me a great deal. He had studied in an Irish college in Rome. He had taught me to renounce Latin properly. He had told me stories about the catacombs, about Napoleon Bonaparte, explaining to me the meaning of different ceremonies, a mass of different vestments, worn by the priests. Finally, he amused himself by putting difficult questions to me. 
asking me what one should do in certain circumstances, whether such and such sins were mortal, vital, or only being corrections. His questions showed me how complex and mysterious were the certain institutions of the church, which had always regarded as simplest facts. Jesus, the priest, towards the Eucharist, and towards the secrecy of the professional, seemed to grave to me. Grave, grave to me, I wondered how anyone had ever found in himself the courage to undertake them. Not surprised, he told me, the fathers of the church have written books, figures of post office directory, directory as they were closely printed, as the law noticed in the newspaper, eliciting all these intricate questions. After I would have thought, for this, I would make no answer, or any of very uh, foolish and haunting. Once upon, he used to smile and nod his head twice of thrice. Sometimes he used to put me through the responses, mass which he made me learn by heart, as I pattered. He used to smile pensively and nod his head, now and then pushing huge pinches of snuff out his nostrils eternally. When he smiled, he used to uncover his big, discoloured teeth, let his tongue lie down upon his lower lip, a habit which he made me feel uneasy, beginning of our acquaintance before I knew him well. As I walked along the passage, Son, I remember all cutters were Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Try to remember what happened to all afterwards in a dream. In a dream, I remember I noticed long velvet curtains, a swinging lamp of antique fashion. I felt I had been very far away in some land. Cushion, cushions were strange in Persia, I thought. I could not remember the end of the dream. The evening, my aunt took me with her to visit the house in the morning. It was after it was after sunset. The window panes of the house had looked to west, reflected the tiny, tiny, tawny gold of the great cloud of banker clouds. Then he received us in the hall, as it would have been unseen to have shouted at her. My aunt shook hands with her, with her, for all the old woman played upwards integrally, integrally. My aunt's nodding proceeded to follow up the narrow staircase. For us, her bowed head really scarcely above the level past the rail. First landing, she stopped and beckoned us forward, courageously towards the open door of the dead room. My aunt went in. The old woman, seeing I hesitated to enter, began to beckon to me again, pretty with her hand. I went in on my tip- on tiptoe. The room full of a lace end of the blind was suffice, soothed with a dusty golden light. Amid where the candles looked like pale, thin flames, he'd been coffined. Nanny gave the lead, and we three knelt down at the foot of the bed, pretended to pray, but I could not gather my thoughts because the old woman's mutterings distracted me. Notice how clumsy his skirt had hooked her back, and how the heels of her cloth boots were trodden down to all, all to one side. The fancy came to me. The old priest was smiling to lay there in his coffin. But now, when he rose, when he rose and went up to the head of the bed, I saw he was not smiling. He lay seldom corporeous. Fancy dead for the altar, his large hands loosely retaining 
a chalice. His face is very trans- transcendent, grey and massive, a great carvers, carnivorous, cavernous nostrils, circled by scrawny white fur. There's a heavy odour in the air room. The flowers burst ourselves and came away. Let alone downstairs, we found Elsera, seated in a in his armchair in state. I worked my way towards my usual chair in the corner. I then he went to the sideboard, brought out a decanter of sherry and some wine glasses. Set their knees on the table, invited us to take a little glass of wine. Then, as her sister's, be- sister's bedding, filled out the sherry into the glasses, passed it to us. Pressed, it, pressed me to take some cream crackers also, declined because I thought I would make too much noise eating them. He seemed to be somewhat disappointed by refusal. Made a while after quietly, over quietly to the sofa. We sat down behind my sister. I was about, we all gazed at the empty fireplace. Our aunt waited on the side, and then she said, Oh, he's gone to a better world. Elsa sighed again, bowed her head in worse sense. I found figure the stem of a white glass before slipping a little. Did he, peacefully, she asked. Oh, quite pleasy, madam, said Elsa. You couldn't tell that a breath went out of him. He had a beautiful death, God be, God be praised. Everything Father Rock was with him a Tuesday, annoyed him, appeared him all, him and all. He knew them. He's quite resigned. He looked quite resigned, said my aunt. And what the woman he had in to wash him said, she said he looked just looked as if he was asleep. He looked like peaceful resigned. No one would think he may make such a beautiful corpse. Is it he, said my aunt. He slipped, she slipped, little more in a glass, and said, Well, Miss Flynn, anyway, it must be a great comfort for you to know, to know that you did all you could for him. You are both very kind to him, I must say, Elsa. Build the dress of her knees, oh, poor James, she said. God knows he'd done all we could. As poor as we are, we couldn't see him. What, anything, while he was in it. Nanny had leaned her head against the sofa, pillow, and seemed to have fallen about to fall asleep. As poor Nanny, said Elsa, looking at her, she's worn out. All the work we'd had, she and me getting in the, in the woman, washing and laying him out and then the coffin, arranging about the mess, the coach travel, only for Father Rook. I didn't know what he'd done, we had done it at all. It was him brought us all those flowers. And two cancer out of the chapel, rode out the notice of Fireman Champ Rendell, took charge of all the papers for cemetery. Poor James Insurance. Was that good of him? said my aunt. Elsa closed her eyes, shook her head slowly. Ah, there's no friends like old friends, she said. But all this is said and done, no friends that a body can trust. Indeed, it's true, said my aunt. I am sure that he's gone to his eternal reward. I won't forgive you and all the kindness to him, or poor James said Elsa. He was no great trouble to us. You could hear him in the house any morning now. Till still I don't I know he's gone and all to that. It's when he's all over that you'll miss him, said my aunt. I know that, said Elsa. I don't we won't be bringing him a cup of beef tea any more. Oh, you madam sending him his snuff. Oh, poor James. He stopped as he was communicating past, then she said shrewdly. Mind you, I notice there's something queer coming out of him lately. Whenever I bring him his soup to him, a funny movie beverage hidden and folded to the floor. Lying back in the chair, his mouth open, 
You see, said a finger. He a finger against her nose and frowned. He continued. But still, he kept on saying that before the summer was over, he'd go out for a drive one fine day to see the old house again, where he was all born all down in Irish Town. Take me and Ninny with him. If we could only get one of those newfangled carriages and make no noise at Father Rook. Told him about the rheumatic wheels for the day cheap, he said. Johnny rushes over and away. Why, they drive out the three of us together on a sunny evening. He had a mind, he had his mindset on that, poor James. Lord have mercy on his soul, said my aunt. Elsa took out her handkerchief and wiped her eyes with it. Then she put it back into her, her pocket and gazed in the empty grate for some time. Not speaking, he's too scrupulous always, she said. The duties of the priesthood were t- too much for him, and his life was, you might say, cursed. Yes, said my aunt, he's a disappointment man. You can see that, a sight took possession, little room, and, co- and undercover it, approached the table and tasted my sherry, and turned quietly to my chair in the corner. Elsa seemed to have fallen in a deep reverie. He waited perspectively for her to break the silence, and after a long pause, she said slowly, Is what? Where well, was the church he broke? That was the beginning of it. Of course, they say it was all right. They contained nothing, I mean. But you still, as they say, it was the boy's fault. But poor James was so nervous. God be merciful to him. That was it, said my aunt. I heard something. What was it, that? Was it? Was it? Was it that, that it? So I heard or something. Elsa nodded. I fed his mind, she said. After that, he began to mope by himself, talking to one, no one, wandering about him by himself. So one night he wanted to go for, for, to go on a call. He couldn't find him anywhere. He looked high and low, and up and down and low, down, so they couldn't see a sight of him anywhere. So when the clerk suggested to try the chapel, so then they got, got the keys and opened the chapel to the clerk. Father Rook and the other priest that was there brought in a light to look at him. What do you think? There, there, there he was sitting up by himself, dark in his confession box, wondering and laughing like softly to himself. She stopped suddenly as if to listen to, if if to listen to, if to listen. I too listened, but there was no sound in the house. I knew the old priest was lying still in his coffin, as if he, we had seen him solemn and transcendent in death. Oil chalice on his breast. Theresa resumed. Wide awake and laughing like to himself. So then, of course, when they saw that, that made them think they were something gone wrong with him. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.